0: This is a Willets Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willets Point Shea Stadium.
1: Subway to Shea Podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from queens the new york mets episode 77 from the subway to shea studios in my office what did i tell you Mets fans what did i tell you on monday of last week confidence was at an all-time high on monday the mets took four out of five from the braves swept the reds and then took two out of three from the phillies last week and i said confidence was at an All time high. You should feel confident. But I didn't want you to get cocky. I wanted you to stay leveled, stay grounded, but have an eye on the prize. I said this road trip would be the biggest and most important of the season. Going to Atlanta, then Philly, then the Bronx. How did it start? Well, Atlanta took three out of four from the Mets. Does it suck? Yes. Am I still confident? Also yes. The Braves and Phillies aren't going to lay down for us. They had home field advantage. They had the 10th man. They were coming to play. What else did I say? Just take it one day at a time. One game at a time. Does that still apply today? Absolutely. absolutely freaking lutely The Braves series is over. And now it's time to focus on getting back on track against the Phillies and the New York Yankees. But for the sake of this show, there's so much newsworthy items happening during that series. And joining me now to break down the biggest storylines coming out of the disappointing series against Atlanta and to preview the upcoming series in Philly is the senior writer for Metsmerized, Matthew Brownstein. Matthew, it's been a long time coming, but we finally got you on here. So welcome to the Subway Shay Podcast. Hey. Hey, Anthony. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, talking to Mets with you. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, This very tough series with the Braves. The Braves take three out of four, including the first two games of the series. Not going to make excuses here about why the Mets lost. I mentioned in my podcast last week about the Braves not making excuses and needing to, you know, take the L after losing that series. Us as Mets fans, you got to take the L for this series. You know, with that said, Mets came into this series with a lot of injuries. They lost two key members of the rotation and back-to-back games to start the series, and their execution just seemed a little bit off. What do you think is the biggest factor in the Mets losing this series to the Braves?
0: Well, I definitely think you mentioned it. Uh, Losing two of your starters is going to hurt, you know, any club. I don't care who you are, you know, especially, you know, losing Carrasco and and Walker in in two innings, and obviously having the rain delay a couple times, and Scherzer had a rain delay for an hour or so. I think, you know, any team that goes in and loses two starting pitchers and has to now kind of, you know, put together a bullpen that's not, you know, as... As sound as we all would like. You know, I know a lot of Mets fans, including myself, wanted the Billy Epler to go out and add another kind of high leverage back end of the uh, bullpen type arm. They did add Givens, but, you know, he's kind of been so 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 far. Certainly not the high leverage guy that we, I think we all kind of uh, anticipated Epler getting. So whenever you don't get the innings, which the Mets have gotten, the Mets have gotten, you know, a tremendous amount of innings and, and length from their starters this season, um, which is impressive considering, you know, the Grombus, you know, the first four, four months of the season and Scherzer is out all of June. Whenever you lose, you know, the your starting pitcher and, and getting those innings um and having to compile it in the bullpen. Uh it's always tough for any, you know, I don't care for any team to come back and, and fight from. So um tough definitely it was a tough series for the Mets to lose three out of four and then to lose two games in the uh, in the standings to the Braves. But uh you know, they just gotta look ahead into this, you know, tough Phillies four-game series that they have this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think if there was any time to, you know, lose one or two starting pitchers, this was probably the worst because you got two four-game sets coming up starting with Monday against the Braves. That four-game set, and now you go to the Phillies, where you know they're gonna have to play a doubleheader, and it just it could not had have happened at the worst time possible. And they have endured a whole bunch of injuries this week. You know, you start off with Tomas Nito going on COVID IL before the series even begins. You lose him. We talked about Carlos Carrasco. The it's a low-grade left oblique strain. He'll be out three to four weeks. Taiwan Walker has back spasms, uh, which also I, I don't know. They they said that also there's a minor bulging disc involved in that as well. He he may miss the next start or he may even start so we don't know his status for Sunday. But then they also lost Eduardo Escobar to a left oblique strain. He'll be on 10 days on the IL and you know this he played through it a couple days with Luis Guillaume going down. It, it really didn't help to try to get him back because he got hurt a little bit before Guillaume did. So you know, losing Guillaume, he'll be missed as well. The Mets had to bring up Devin Morero for defense. It's been a team effort this whole season. Even the reserves have filled in nicely from time to time. So which of these injuries do you think will impact the roster the most?
0: Uh it's a good question. I mean, I think definitely um the two uh excuse me, the two starter uh start uh, spots in and Walker and Carrasco will probably, you know, equally hurt the Mets. Obviously, Walker might looks like he might only miss a start, which be uh, his start on Sunday. So if the Mets can get through it with just missing one start from Walker, that would be, you know, a huge sigh of relief for the team. Carrasco is obviously going to be out for a month plus um, working back from his injury, so you know, having to, you know, fill in uh, another guy with him. Uh, obviously, you have David Peterson, who, who's been, you know, pretty reliable for the Mets this year, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, you know, as a starter, specifically, um, they could slide him back in, and, and they do have Tyler McGill uh, on, on the mend. Uh, I know that they had initially wanted him to come back uh, and, and pitch out of relief for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I guess it remains to be seen, if, if any of those plans get changed now with uh, Carrasco being sidelined and, and I guess waiting to see and how Taiwan Walker responds. But um I, I certainly think the, the starting rotation is is the biggest you know biggest miss here. You know I love Nito as well. I think Nito um you know especially with the with Grom and Scherzer, just it gels so well with those two aces. So you know even though he's a backup catcher and that time has been the, the main catcher this year while McCann's the Kansas just a lot of time. You know, I think Nito's defensive uh, abilities and framing uh, capabilities certainly helped the Mets over the course of a season too. Too, but I would say that the rotation is definitely the, the biggest, um, biggest, biggest hurt right here for the Mets.
1: Yeah. I, with Taiwan Walker and uh, what they said was back spasms. Now they're saying it's the minor bulging this. I, I feel like that's a little more serious than they made it sound. That could be something that, you know, resonates for the rest of the season.
0: Sure. I mean, you know, the backs are always tricky, right? That's a tough injury, and that's a tough thing. I mean, you know, every player and every athlete, you know, if you can't move your back or you have any issues with your with your lower or upper back, that's just that just spells, you know, problems. So it's definitely going to be something that they're going to have to monitor with the Taiwan, and, you know, he's been so good, you know, especially the first half of the season this year and last year, and had, you know, a couple bumpy starts in the second half, but has, you know, really been, you know, a really good staple for the Mets rotation this year. So losing him for any, you know, any amount of time, uh, you know would, wouldn't be great uh, especially since the Mets pitching depth is you know on the thinner side right now you know there are some guys who are working back from injury like Joey Lucchese and Tyler McGill Jordan Yamamoto also but you know to you know plug one of those guys in uh, in absence of Taiwan Walker or Carlos Carrasco you know is certainly um, you know going to be a little bit of a of, um, you know it's, it's not going to be as good as Taiwan Walker essentially so uh, the Mets are definitely going to have to monitor and see how Walker uh, you know, progresses the next couple of days.
1: I'm glad you brought up Tomas Nito working with DeGrom and Scherzer because the other night, Tim Ryder had a tweet that was a little bit alarming, and it made sense. He mentioned the fact that with James McCann behind the plate, they were shaking him off a lot. Do you find that like a cause for concern at all? I know he missed a lot of time, and basically he's in the lineup Obviously, for his defense, we saw him throw Acuna at at second, and his pitch framing and the way he calls a game but if that's not working for him, you know, it's it's kind of hard to see him getting a lot of the playing time once Tomas Nito returns.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when, when Nido returns, they're going to definitely, you know, be splitting the time, you know, as, they, as they've been doing. Uh, obviously, McCann struggled mightily uh, offensively this year um, and, and has been out, uh, you know, for stretches of time with injuries. So um, I, I don't think it's too much cause of concern, to be honest with you, in terms of, you know, the shakeoffs and such, because, you know, I think the Mets, obviously with DeGrom and Scherzer, who are two, you know, consummate aces and have been around the game long enough and have thrown to you know many different catchers I think they'll get on the same page I mean McCann is you know it's McCann's not a you know young rookie who's learning on the job he's also a veteran that's been around and has caught some you know high profile pitchers so I think that you know it might just be you know a matter of just kind of getting in the groove especially with the Grom you know the Grom has missed so much time and it's just coming back now that I think you know they'll probably do some work you know on the side and do some work with Hefner so I don't you know in the moment yeah it might be a little bit alarming to see that you know so many shake offs but I do think that you know they will get on the same page and obviously getting Nito back you know soon is is gonna you know definitely help that as well
1: I know a lot of Mets fans are chomping at the bit to see Francisco Alvarez make his debut that's not gonna happen quite yet but we did get another debut Brett Beatty made his debut and with Eduardo Escobar and Guillaume out uh, I know that Mike Puma reported Sunday that the Mets were discussing promoting Brett Beatty who just literally got promoted to triple a a week earlier and you know like the Beatty watch was on you know, two days later uh Metsperi's own michael mayer reported that they were bringing Beatty up what were your initial thoughts when that was announced and do you think brett is ready i mean we saw what he did but were you initially ready to bring him up at that time yeah i mean i, I was kind of on, on of
0: the mindset that you know as soon as guillorme hit the il i would have brought him up because there was reports that eduardo escobar was only you know able to hit from the left side and he was still feeling you know the, the top tightness in his hip, um, and and hitting from the left side is his weaker side. Anyway, um, I, I thought you know it would be prudent for the Mets to bring up Beatty um, as soon as Giorma hit the IL. Um, you know, at the very least, you could platoon, you know, Beatty and and, and Escobar. But now with Escobar obviously out, uh, you know, it's Beatty's time to shine here. But uh, yeah, I think Beatty. Uh, look, you know, Beatty looked really really good so far. Um, obviously, it's only been two games, but you know, to, to hit a the two run home run in your first major league at bat, which only four other Mets have done, um, and then to have also a 113 mile per hour uh, batted ball. Which was the fielder's choice in the sixth inning off a lefty, um, which certainly uh, enticing and, and really, um, you know, pretty impressive for, for a young kid. Um, I got to see him one game for Binghamton before he it was about a week before he got called up and uh, hit two home runs in his first two at bats. And, you know, his swing is just so fluid. And he's just got, you know, such good mechanics at the plate I think his hitting uh, and his offense is certainly ready. And I think it's, um you know, pretty reputable. There's been, you know, reports that his, you know, his defense is still, you know, needing to be fine tuned and, and tweaked, which is fine. But to be honest, I mean, Eduardo Escobar, if you look at his baseball savant percentiles, he's in the fourth percentile in outs above average this year. And I think it was like uh, negative, like six or seven DRS for defensive runs save so really how how much worse can Beatty be at third uh, compared to Escobar who's been pretty um, pretty bad defensively this year
1: you cannot have asked for a better introduction into Brett Beatty obviously probably in my lifetime has had the most memorable moment I've ever seen as a, a Mets rookie making his debut you know he hits the home run on his first swing you get to see his family out there they even had a video of his high school watch party and they're all jumping up for joy for him he tacked on another hit Thursday what are your expectations moving forward for Brett, and if he plays well, could you see him sticking with this team even going into the postseason?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think he can, you know, and if, if he, if he shows the Mets over the next, you know, six, seven weeks that, you know, kind of similar results of what we've been seeing, you know, I mean, there's going to be ebbs and flows, of course, you know, there's going to be a, a book out on him after, you know, X amount of plate appearances and such. But, um, you know, I definitely would, I'm somebody that would ride the hot hand, um, and, and, you know, see what you got from him. And, and if he continues to, you know, to hit, uh, uh, you know, and hit against major league pitching, like he's been doing so far and not look, you know, overmatched, um, and, and provide, you know, average defense at third. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think I think Buck would, would be somebody and, and the Mets organization as a whole um, would probably let, you know, would let Beatty stay just kind of like how Conforto was in 2015 when they called him up, you know, and played a big role, obviously, in the Mets postseason run. So, um, you know, I'm sure the Mets are going to take it a day at a time and, and, and see what, you know, they don't want to also, uh, you know, put this kid through too much. You know, obviously, uh, you know, he's still only 22 and missed the whole you know season in 2020 due to COVID. But I definitely think the Mets, you know, would, would see what they got in Beatty and then and let him ride.
1: I trust Buck 100 percent on the way he will handle brett even if it goes into the postseason I, he's done it before i mean he mentioned it in his press conference bringing up Derek jeter and you know most of the core four where even they didn't play they just sat there and watched to to just gain experience and just to see how it is to be a part of that
0: yeah absolutely that's a great point you know buck has um you know, as you mentioned, has been there, done that, and has been, you know, to, to several post-seasons and has dealt with, you know, very young players and, and players that became high profile, just like you mentioned with Jeter. Um, so I think that having that experience alone is, is beneficial for a young player to see the atmosphere and to kind of get you know accustomed to you know being in a pennant you know it, playing for a pennant you know and uh you know th- this this um this is definitely going to help beatty i think in the long term um with his confidence and especially you know there's again it's going to be you know there's going to be some some offers there's going to be some times where he you know goes hitless for a couple of bats or doesn't get on base but um you know it's all part of the learning curve and i think just having this experience and coming up what he did i, I think is gonna you know is going to help him and and having a veteran manager like show walter um um, is only going to, I think, make it a little bit of easier transition for Beatty, who, um, you know, is getting acclimated to, to major league life. And, you know, not to mention the Mets, you know, our, our um, roster is filled with a lot of veterans as well. So I think they'll, you know, probably make it a, a seamless transition for him and kind of help him, you know, along the way whenever he needs, uh, you know, any assistance.
1: Yeah, you saw them in the dugout. You saw Eduardo Escobar pumping him up. You saw uh, uh, Francisco Lindor, you know, giving him a hug and you know, speaking with him before the game. Uh, even just, you know, getting a, a point after a good play from Jacob DeGrom. I mean, that has to go a long way. Once again, I'm here with Matthew Brownstein, senior writer for Mets Marais, which I forgot to mention is a part of the USA Today Sports Network. Following the epic debut of Brett Beatty, the good times didn't last as the Mets lost the final game of the series, hence losing three out of four. As I've said before, it's time to turn the page and focus now goes to this huge four-game set against the Phillies, playing four in Philadelphia, doubleheader on saturday i think as of right now it's chris bassett on friday trevor williams david peterson will go saturday don't really know the order of that just yet sunday's still up in the air could be taiwan walker could be somebody else are you feeling a little nervous at all does the last series set an alarm off in your mind considering what we saw in atlanta
0: you know, not not too much. You know, again, because you had those two, you had those two first games where you know you lost your starting pitchers. Um, you know, and, and and Carrasco and Walker, so that really kind of set the Mets back. Um, I, I you know I like having Bassett tonight. I think he's been uh, you know especially over his last seven or eight starts, has been uh, superb. Um, and it's given the Mets a ton of length this year. He regularly goes six seven innings. So I think if, if ever you needed a starter um, to give you length, uh, you know tonight would be the night with with Bassett. And I think that he's the right guy for the job right now. Um, you know, obviously having the doubleheader this. This weekend and, and, you know, having Sunday's game up in the air with, you know, who's going to be pitching, um, you know, it, it causes a little bit of concern, but I think the Mets, you know, probably have some kind of plan. I know they uh, they pulled, uh, or they, the other day was, I think it was yesterday, they pulled uh, Jose Budo uh, mm-hmm. from his A start, so it's possible maybe we'll, you know, get a call up there uh, or a spot start, but, you know, I, I think the Mets probably have some contingency plans in the works, um, you know, and are going to see how, how Walker responds, obviously, but yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things where the Mets just kind of have to turn the page, you know, with a tough four game set against the Braves. I mean, we all knew the Braves weren't going to be pushovers they're a very very good team I mean lineup wise pitching wise bullpen wise I mean they're a very very formidable uh, team uh, and and you know the Mets have have done well so far against the NL East. so you know seeing them drop three or four obviously takes us back a little bit but I think the Mets really just have to kind of focus on this weekend and the four games that they have and just kind of go from there it's going to be you know you have four games against the Phillies obviously this weekend and then you have two against the Yankees and the Bronx um, so you know the next six games are going to be you know pretty tough so I think the, the Mets would be wise to just kind of wipe away the last four games and just kind of Uh, you know, start fresh
1: here. Yeah, and also Buck has been good about, you know, turning the page, having them ready to go for the next game. I know they have a great record after losing a game this season. So, and and this is the first series this season that they've lost to uh, an NL East division, you know, rival. I mean, they've Mm -hmm. pretty much have, I don't want to say steamrolled, but they've won every series so far. And to lose their first one at the end of August, uh, it's been a pretty good year. I mean, this is the second best start in franchise history, so I wouldn't be too worried about going into this. You just got to turn the page, and I know that Buck will have them ready to go uh, in Philly. Now, I'm going to switch it up here for a second, discuss the Phillies, because this is a huge series for them as well. A lot of pressure on them to make a move now if they want a shot at winning the division. Considering the injuries and how the rotation is structured for this series with DeGrom and Scherzer pitching in the Bronx, the Phillies are going to have to take advantage here if they want to win this division, right?
0: Oh, no question about it. Um and you know, the Phillies have two of their better arms in, in Nola and Wheeler uh going up against the Mets this weekend, so obviously that gives them a boost. You know, they've gone six and four over the last ten. You know, they are ten games back in the east, but you know, uh they're they're there in the wild card obviously. So, you know, the Phillies, you know, are gonna be right there to the very end, I believe. Um, you know, they have a good team. They dealt with injuries this year as well. Um, obviously, the firing of Girardi, um, Rob Thompson taking over, so they've, you know, they've, they've gone through some 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 ups and downs as well, but um, they're a very good team, um, you know, and especially playing at their park, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of offense at times in that, in that small ballpark that they like, that they that call home, but uh, yeah, I was looking at Pete Alonzo's got very good success against Aaron Nola. uh, Jeff McNeil's got very good success against aaronola Um, You know, granted, it's, you know, quote-unquote small sample sizes, but, you know, it's nice to see guys have success um, against, you know, Specific pitchers, and you hope going in that there's you know a couple guys that can kind of you know give the Mets a boost offensively, and you know give Bassett enough run support at least tonight where you know they can pull out a series opening win. I think that would be you know really really beneficial for the Mets to just get this first win tonight and kind of you know get the weekend started because yeah Philly is you know they're not they're not a pushover and and they're gonna you know they're gonna fight back and they have a good you know pretty good lineup. Looks like Schwarber's is gonna DH tonight, so he's been you know tough against the Mets the last couple of years, so definitely gonna be. Um, you know, interesting to see uh, the battles go on this weekend.
1: I always look forward to going to Philly, especially when the Mets kind of struggle heading in there offensively. I always feel like the Mets play so well there with the dimensions of that ballpark. And you got, you know, you got Pete out there, Marte to continue to do their thing. And, you know, McNeil hitting over 300. I think this can only help the offense. And maybe we'll see some uh, some home runs. Maybe Beatty will get into it in, as well. Uh, now, with the Mets and all things considered, what is the most fair expectations we can have when all's said and done with uh, Philly on Sunday?
0: Oh gosh, um, good question. I mean, I think it really depends on you know who the Mets are running out on Sunday. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're definitely going to get uh, you know probably David Peterson in one of the in one of the double headers on Saturday. Uh, I think realistically, if you could split, I think I think most fans would probably sign up for that right now. I know I would. You know, I think anything else above a split is gravy. But I would definitely take the split going into the Bronx, knowing I have you know Scherzer and Degrom lined up.
1: You know, I find of funny how bad the Yankees have been over the last month, and every time we've had like a Subway Series, it always seems to launch one of the other teams if they're having a bad start. Once we get to the Subway Series, it always you know goes up a notch. And like I can never buy into like how bad the Yankees have been over the last month. I feel like it's it's like not real. So I I don't know if if that series is going to be somewhat of a concern going into there. But we got Scherzer and we got Degrom going on, and that's probably the best way we can do going in and coming out of that series.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you have if you have your two aces lined up in the Bronx, and obviously the Yankees have had their own struggles of late. Um, you know, I, I feel pretty good. You know, with everything else. Considered. Considered. Um, you know, those are the two guys that I would want, and those are the two guys that, you know, you feel comfortable with um, in, any, in any situation, of, of any in any of the brightest of lights. And, and obviously the Bronx is, is one of the brighter lights yet um, in a series. So uh definitely feel pretty confident with that. And then, you know, I just want to get to September because the Mets definitely have one of the, if not the easiest schedule, uh, if you look mm-hmm. just by, you know, the teams they're playing. Um, you know, they do have, uh, I think they have the Nationals, they have the Pirates, the Marlins, Cubs, the Athletics. So they really have, you know, a pretty easy-er schedule in September. So I feel like if they can kind of navigate these next, you know, two weeks in August to get to September. Um, the Mets should be in pretty good position um, to, you know, to hopefully lock up uh, the division. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it's going to be the next couple of games is going to be you know pretty tough, especially with the with the injuries that they're currently dealing with. But um, you know, hopefully if we can just you know lose Walker for only one start uh, and get him back, and then you have some other you know some other guys coming up that are you know working their way back like McGill. You know, I think that the Mets you know could be in pretty good position come September.
1: Now we're usually at this time. July- July, August talking about, you know, the Mets falling apart and it just, it just didn't happen. I know they lost three out of four to the Braves, but I expected the Braves to play us very hard in their own, you know, home stadium with their 10th man, their crowd in there. And uh, I would not have doubted that if the Mets couldn't win that series, that, you know, the season would be In peril. I I don't feel that way at all. I feel like this team is still destined for, you know, something greater. And I hope that it, you know, comes to fruition. Like you said, if they could just get out of this week and, and next week and get to that September schedule, that all things could be, you know, gold going into what hopefully is, you know, their first playoff since 2016.
0: Yeah, no question about it. You know, um, you know this 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 coming you know this coming series with the Phillies, and then you also have the Yankees, and then obviously you have the Dodgers at the end of the month. But then once you get past that, September seems to be you know pretty much a, as much of a cakewalk as you can get. Um, you know, facing the Pirates, you know for for seven games. Um, you have the Athletics for three. You have the Nationals for three. Uh, Marlins for for. I think five. So, you know, you really have the ability, the Mets do have, have the ability to really, you know, uh, get a lot of what should be, you know, easier wins and, and, and you know, propel them to hopefully, what we all hope would be a deep run uh, into the postseason that goes into November this year. Um, so kind of fun to see some, some winter baseball. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the Mets are in, you know, despite some injuries and despite some some tough losses the last couple of days, I think the Mets are still in very good position. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that, you know, falls on Buck, Buck Showalter and having that veteran presence and, and leadership in, in the dugout which is something I think the Mets have sorely missed. Um, you know, as much as I love Louis Rojas, um, I think he's still going to be a great manager one day. I think the Mets, you know, this current Mets quad needs somebody that has kind of been there, done that, and that can take some of the, the media pressure off. And I think he's done a phenomenal job this year of that. So uh, I, I I definitely expect the Mets to, to continue to, um, you know, to, to keep going and, and, and get into the postseason this year, no doubt.
1: Matthew, as we wrap up here, please let everyone know what you're working on and where they can reach you on social media.
0: Oh, I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh probably too much <laughs> at uh at M Brown C 89 um working on a bunch of stuff man i, I have um I, i'm still transcribing uh, an interview i did with Daniel Murphy from last month so that should be coming out hopefully next week trying to get that out before old timers day nice um Couple other ones I'm working on currently. Uh, some some that are in the works that I'm trying to trying to work on still. Keep a little hush hush. But um, there's a couple of entertainment ones that I'm working on. Some that have to do with baseball. Um, so uh, yeah, that should be hopefully within the works for the next month or so. But Daniel Murphy is probably the the latest one that I'll have out probably in the next week or so.
1: I'll be putting all appropriate links in the description of this episode. Your Twitter handle so that everyone knows where they can find you if they're not already interacting with you right now. I mean if you're not. Uh, He has some great tweets. Uh, You you post a lot of stats, and I'm even retweeting them uh, 95% of the time. So uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun for me. Uh, let's do this again uh, when you have some time, all right?
0: Anthony, it's my pleasure, man. A lot of fun. It was great talking with you. And anytime, man, I, w- I would love to. It's always fun talking Mets.
1: That was Matthew Brownstein, senior writer for Metsmerized, which is a part of the USA Today Sports Network. I'd be surprised if you're not following him already and all his work. He puts up some great tweets with very important stats. I mentioned that while I was talking with him. You've probably already seen me retweet his work. So if not, definitely give him a follow. Matthew Brownstein, senior writer for Metsmerized. Now, my final notes before this train leaves the station. Next Saturday is Old Timers Day at Citi Field. The Mets doing their first Old Timers Day in a very, very, very long time. And with that day coming upon us i have a special interview coming your way couple of hints he will be at old timers day and he's a world champion i'll let that marinate for a little bit and i will give you more hints monday on twitter so stay tuned all right that will wrap up this show and if you're not following me on twitter Do that at Subway to Shea. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Subway to Shea as well. Where to listen to the show? Well, you can listen on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I just mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Mets fans. Let them know that this is the Mets podcast to listen to, and if you have been a supporter this whole entire time, I can't thank you enough. This show wouldn't be where it is without you and because of you. Subway to Shea is global. This podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. So no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. And by going on Apple Podcasts, you can leave me one to five stars. Hopefully it's five stars and you can leave comments in the review section. It helps me to identify and make this show better each and every week. You can also rate the show on Spotify, which is another option. And don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the Fansided Network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising blog and the Fan Sided Network, Fansided Network at Fan Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much, and that will do it for this week's podcast. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.